Please stand for the reading of today's New Testament lesson from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you, Sister Carol, for reading those wonderful words. Welcome, friends. As we worship together this Saturday of Christ the King weekend, today we conclude our six weeks powerful sermon series. We have been blessed to hear amazing sermons about the power of Jesus, to forgive sins, to refocus a distracted mind, to calm the storm, to raise a friend from the grave, to heal a child with an unclean spirit, and today, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I pray that we will explore together the power of gratitude. I invite you to please join us next week as we begin our Advent sermon series, discovering the prophecies of Jesus, beginning with Jesus' family tree. But before I share my sermon, I invite us to pray because I have to always invite the Holy Spirit to take over me. Let us pray. Gracious God, Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you. God, I thank you for this opportunity. God, I thank you for allowing me to preach and teach your word. Crucify my flesh. Allow your Holy Spirit to rise up within me. Holy Spirit, you preach and teach this sermon as you see fit. Not my will, but your will be done. May the words that come out of my mouth be pleasing and acceptable to you and may they pierce the hearts of those that are listening and watching. Speak, Lord, speak, Lord, for we, your servants, are listening. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. In our sermon today, once again, like last week, we see Jesus. Jesus is traveling again, of course, somewhere that Jesus probably does not need to be traveling as a Jew. We see Jesus traveling on the way to Jerusalem in between Samaria and Galilee. Throughout the book of Luke, Jesus is always headed to Jerusalem, the place where Jesus knows once he enters, he will not leave. Yet, unlike most of us, Jesus is not focused on himself. Rather, Jesus is still focused on his mission. He is focused on those that are in need of him. Jesus understands that salvation is not only 
for the Jews, but salvation is also for the world. There is something to be said about Jesus traveling in between. The racial divide between Jews and Samaria was strong. From the time Assyria invaded Israel, the Northern Kingdom resettled with its own, the mixed race was developed and became known as Samaritans, or excuse me, the half-breeds. The purebred Jews hated the Samaritans and the feeling was mutual. The Samaritans felt the exact same way about the Jews. Yet and still, once again, we see Jesus traveling on the border in between the two cities. <laughs> this is so like Jesus. This is what Jesus does. Jesus comes in between the hatred and the strife and the envy and the jealousy and Jesus himself becomes the bridge that joins all things together. We see this multiple times throughout scripture when Jesus eats with sinners, Jesus heals unclean people, Jesus enters a house of a foreigner, and Jesus forgives sins of those that the world would say are unforgivable. Jesus, even at his death, is placed in between two sinners on the cross. And wouldn't you know it, even at death, Jesus offers himself to both. <laughs> Our scripture tells us that Jesus enters the village and he's approached by 10 lepers. Now here, they know who Jesus is. They say, Master, have mercy on us. You notice here that the lepers, they didn't ask Jesus to heal them. They asked Jesus for mercy. In biblical times, leprosy was a terrible disease. Leprosy was feared by most because it was a disease that had no cure. Because it was so contagious, people who had leprosy were required to stay away from other people. And in the past, if they had to enter a city or a place where people were, they had to announce their presence. Church, this breaks my heart. I cried imagining someone coming into an area saying, unclean spirit, unclean spirit. Church, it hurts my heart to know that these people are being labeled by their disease, yet not seen as human beings, being treated like the walking dead. The priests monitored this disease, banishing lepers who were in the contagious stage to prevent the spread of this awful disease. And we don't want you to infect others, so you're banished from community, only to be readmitted if your disease is in remission and you have been cleared by the priest. Hmm. Now this sounds a lot like today, dealing with COVID-19. 
This disease is highly contagious. We are required to cover our face and wear a mask. We are required to practice social distancing. We are required to wash our hands often. We are required to quarantine for 14 days should we get the infection or if we've been exposed to the infection. I tell you the truth, this is painful. The isolation from your family is heartbreaking. It's hard enough to suffer a physical pain and to add insult to injury, the emotional pain of not being able to surround yourself with people you love. Jesus, we need you. So here we have the lepers. Master, have mercy on us. <laughs> and in our text today, Jesus performs a powerful miracle unlike the others. See, Jesus did not breathe on them. Jesus did not sprinkle dirt and water. Jesus did not touch them. Jesus did not speak healness over them. Jesus simply said, go and show yourself to the priests. It was Jewish custom that if a leper thought their leprosy was gone, then they could run to the priest and the priest would declare them clean. But what I love here, church, is that Jesus didn't see them as 10 lepers. No, Jesus saw them as men with a disease of leprosy. Earlier I shared how they had to come through the town and say, unclean spirit, unclean spirit. They were seen and identified by their disease. But Jesus saw them. He saw their humanity as men and not the disease. Praise God. And Jesus spoke to them as though they were already healed. He said, go and show yourself to the priest. The 10 lepers, they were obedient. Their faith allowed them to trust Jesus and they headed to the temple. All 10 were striking out and on their way to the temple. But one leper looked at himself, church, and realized, I'm clean too. And yet that one leper was a Samaritan, a foreigner, an outsider. Yet at that moment, he received an attitude of gratitude because when he saw himself as clean, he turned back and he headed to Jesus. Has there been a time in your life when you were so amazed, when the world gave up on you, people turned their backs on you, no one wanted to be around you, people would no longer deal with you, 
But then there was Jesus. Jesus met you in that broken state. Jesus met you in that isolated state. And you saw yourself clean, delivered, set free, and whole. The Samaritan, like the story last week, is an outsider, yet he knows the master. The Samaritan understands that there's no doctor, no medicine, no pastor, no priest that could heal me. Only Jesus can heal me. When have you had an attitude of gratitude? See, when you have an attitude of gratitude, you know I have to go and give thanks to the one that healed me, to the one that saw me. First of all, you have to give God all the praise and the honor and the glory. Just like the Samaritan, you got to fall on your feet wherever you are and say, Lord, I thank you. And secondly, through your witness, you have to live into an attitude of gratitude. See, this is important for Luke that we understand the faith of this Samaritan. Just like in earlier scripture, in Luke 10, when Jesus shares the parable of the Good Samaritan, you remember the story? There was a man that was beaten and left for dead on side of the road. And the scripture tells us that the priest of the temple walks by, looks at him, and crosses the street because he's unclean and I can't be seen touching him. Then the temple assistant does the exact same thing, walks by and sees him and says, mm -mm, I'm crossing the street too because I can't be seen touching anything that's unclean yet. In the story, the Samaritan, the one that's hated by the Jews, the one, excuse me, that's called and half breed, the one that's looked down upon, he sees the man and shows compassion. This man not only shows compassion, but he picks his brother up. He touches him, church. He picks him up and he carries him to a safe space to receive help, to get healed. Maybe the Samaritan had heard about the stories of those that have an attitude of gratitude. So the nine are probably hooping and hollering and jumping and they're on their way. Woo, brother, I'm clean. You clean, brother. I'm clean too, brother. Oh, I bet you it was exciting. But the one that was behind, he had a wake-up call, church. I don't know if you've ever had a wake-up call. You know a wake-up call where, ooh, I'm clean. I'm, oops. Now, I can't go to the temple. Okay, that's double jeopardy for me. You see, I'm a Samaritan and I had leprosy. They're not gonna let me in the temple, but what I can do is I can run on back over here to the one, the high priest himself, Jesus, 
and I can fall at his feet because he realizes once he's clean, I am in the presence of the high priest. He knows I don't need to be approved or accepted by the priest of the temple. I am in the presence of the high priest, the one who saw me as a man when no one else did, the one who welcomed me, the one who told me to go and show, the one who healed me. I can go back to the one and fall at his feet and he will not reject me. No, he will not. I'm thankful to be healed, but I owe it to Jesus to give Jesus thanks. Now the nine other lepers, they were faithful. They believed Jesus and they went along their way to the temple. I am sure they were thankful, but they forgot who healed them. There's a difference between being thankful and giving thanks. See, you're thankful that you're no longer how you used to be. You're thankful for the things you have. You're thankful for the things that you lost that you didn't need. You're thankful when you look at your car. You're thankful when you look at your house. You're thankful when your bank account is in the positive. You're thankful when all the children are well. You're thankful when life is okay. But when you give thanks, like the Samaritan in this story, no matter your situation, your circumstances, I'm gonna thank you anyway, God. I'm gonna praise you anyway, God, because you are God. The infirmities in your life, they may be physical and or emotional and even painful but you give thanks to God that God will give you strength to make it through. You give thanks to God for all that God has done, is doing, and will do in your life in spite of the disease, the sickness, the addiction, the mess, the guilt, the shame, the lack of, the more than, whatever your issue is. Now church, in closing, I would like to share a personal story with you, if I may. Over 29 years ago, I was blessed to meet an amazing woman and have a personal and loving relationship with my mother in ministry, Reverend Shirley Majors Jones. I met Reverend Jones when I was wild, y'all. <laughs> Your past ain't always had it together, <laughs> believe it or not. I met Reverend Shirley Majors Jones in a time in my life when I was much younger and life was different. And Reverend Jones, I would see her destiny and I would go to the nursing home to visit my grandmother and here's this lady in her church dress, and every time on the elevator, when the elevator doors would open and Destiny and I would step out, here's this lady stepping in. Hello, you must be Toy, and you must be Destiny. Uh-huh. 
who are you? Hi, I'm Shirley. She never said, I'm Reverend Shirley Majors Jones, your grandmother's pastor. She always says, hi, I'm Shirley. I've heard so much about you. I just left from seeing your grandmother. Well, through her witness, she drew me to her. I played church for a long time, but she was patient with me and my family. Due to things beyond our control as young adults, people in the church, people in the community treated my siblings and I like we were contagious. My siblings and I would sit around and talk about how we felt like we had a disease. We felt like for so many years that we had to pay the price for the sins of our parents. Yet Reverend Jones, she saw us as the hurt young adults still dealing with childhood pain. Reverend Jones witnessed to us what it really looks like and what it feels like to experience the love of Jesus Christ. She had a hard job because we were a piece of work. We were angry. Some of us couldn't forgive. Some of us had bad feelings and ill feelings towards our parents. It was hard. But you know what? She dealt with our stuff. Through the power of Jesus Christ, with the help of the Holy Spirit, she understood that she had to be in between us and the holy. She knew that her role in our lives was to be the bridge that brought us back to the one who could make us whole. She planted seeds of forgiveness and redemption in us. She's been with us through weddings, prison, graveyard, births, graduations, you name it. She recently passed and I thought it was painful, yet I'm happy that she's no longer suffering in this world. In honor of her, we received an attitude of gratitude. She loved education. My siblings and I are educated. She believed in taking care of children. My siblings and I are wonderful parents in spite what the children say. <laughs> and she believed in showing love to others. She'd give you the shirt off her back. So if you wonder where Pastor King gets all that compassion from, my grandmothers, my mother, and especially Reverend Shirley Majors Jones. When you have an attitude of gratitude, church, you have to go back to the ones that helped you, that introduced you to Christ, that took you to the one that made you whole. I don't know who that is in your life, but during this season of Thanksgiving, I invite you to have an attitude 
of gratitude. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, let the church say amen.